So today I'm going to speak about three very interesting people in the Bible. We have Deborah, a judge, Barak, a commander, uh, an army commander, and Jael, a housewife. And these three people were used by God in a spectacular way. And my prayer for you today is that you will be able to be whatever the Lord has for you in your life. That's my prayer for you. We only get one shot at life. Do you know that? Yes. In James 4.14, we read, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes, goes away. So let's not waste our lives. Let's give out our best shot. Can we do that? Okay, let's do it. I read an interesting quote the other day, and um, it really spoke to me. Sometimes there is no next time, no second chance, no time out. Sometimes it's now or never. This is not a Bible verse, okay? But, <laughs> you know, it is like this. Sometimes it's the time to do something. You have to do it. There's no other time. And there are times in life where we need to trust God and step out in faith and do something. And maybe that's where you are right now. Let's pray for the word. Hallelujah. So open your heart and receive the word of God this morning. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. We honor your word. We respect your word. And we know that you have invested power and authority in your word. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will speak to all of us. Thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is on your word. Your word is like, it's, it's sharper than a double-edged sword and it penetrates our hearts and our souls and reads our thoughts. So Father, here we are, speak to us. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so we find the story of Deborah, Barak, and Jael in the book of Judges. These events took place a long time ago, okay, around 1200 BC. So remember, when you look at a story like this in the Bible, you cannot look at it, you know, through the lenses of your 21st century postmodern way of thinking, okay? Otherwise, you'll miss the point. So the Word of God is timeless. It can speak to every person in any time in history. So just open your heart and, and you know, Think about what I've said. This happened a long time ago. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you today. I need to give you a little bit of background history so you can understand what's happening at this time with the nation of Israel. So this happened after the people of Israel was rescued from Egypt. Okay, remember that part? So when Moses died, Joshua managed to take the people into the promised land. But at this time, in, in, at this point in time, Israel did not have any kings. God was supposed to be their king. But unfortunately, the people of Israel would forget about God very often. And they would start worshipping the gods of other nations. 
And so then they would get into trouble because they were in rebellion against God. Now, as a consequence, they would find themselves going through many difficulties, being oppressed by their enemies. And so then they would repent. Then they would cry out to God to help them in desperation. And so they seem to be in, in this kind of a vicious cycle. Okay, they would walk with God, then they would fall into sin, then they would rebel, then they would repent, then they would cry out to God. So they were in this cycle. And so God would raise up people to lead them and to help them and to rescue them. And these people were called judges. So, therefore, that's why we have the book of Judges in the Bible. So, these were people that God would raise up from the different tribes of Israel to rescue them and to help them. In this specific story that we're going to look at this morning, the people of Israel were oppressed by a group of people called the Canaanites. Now, let's read Judges 4. Judges 4. When Ehud was dead, Ehud was one of the judges. The children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. Here we go. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan. The commander of his army was Sisera. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. And for 20 years he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. So they were oppressed by this king for 20 years. And the situation was really bad. Now let's have a look at Judges 4. Verse 4. Now Deborah... A prophetess, the wife of Lepidoth, was judging Israel at that time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came up for her, to her for judgment. And um, it's important to notice, so Deborah was one of the judges, that... Um, as we read through this book of Judges, we see God choosing people that probably most of us would overlook and not choose them to be leaders. So my first point this morning is that God can use anyone to accomplish his purposes. Amen? All right. So as a judge, Deborah would help the people with their disputes and help them. And she was also a prophetess. So meaning, prophetess meaning that she received direct revelation from God. And so she would communicate the will of God to the people of Israel. So as we have seen, Israel was in an awful situation. The people were discouraged. They were oppressed. And in chapter 5, we have a song that Deborah wrote. And so she gives us a good description of what these people were going through. Let's have a look at Judges 5. Deborah wrote, The highways were deserted, and the travelers walked along the byways. Village life ceased. It ceased in Israel. Then they chose new gods. Then there was war in the gates. Not a shield or spear was even seen among 40,000 of men in Israel. 
So the Canaanites have been oppressing these people for a long time and they don't even have enough weaponry to fight back. Jabin was a Canaanite king and his commander was Sisera. These were terrible people. They were known by being very cruel people. You can research about that, the Canaanites. So they practiced child sacrifice and other terrible abominations that I don't need to mention here this morning. So God hears the cry of his people because they were under bondage from these terrible people. And he speaks to Deborah. Without any hesitation, Deborah gets into action. Something had to be done to stop these people from oppressing Israel. And so Deborah calls for Barak, a military commander, and she said to him, verse 6, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you 10,000 men of the sons of Naphtali and of the sons of Zebulon, and against you I will deploy Sisera the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his multitude at the river Kishan. And I will deliver him into your hand. So this commander, he came a long way in response to the call of Deborah. But when he heard her battle plan, he was not so sure that this would work. You see, after all, this king had oppressed them for 20 years, and he was very powerful, okay? He had a huge army. In fact, the odds couldn't be worse. And wasn't Deborah aware of this? This commander was not too sure. Because Deborah was asking this man, Barak, to take 10,000 men to fight a huge army that had 900 chariots. You know what that means? The chariots was just a small portion of the whole army. 10,000 people looks like a lot of people, but uh, Sisera had an army with 900 chariots, so that means his army was probably around 20,000 or 25,000 people. This is very risky, it doesn't make any sense. And so on top of that, the place that Deborah commanded Barak to go and fight was complete flat ground. So the chariots had a big advantage. This doesn't make any sense. But Deborah had unwavering faith in God. She was sure that 10,000 men was enough to fight this army. But Barak was not so sure. Barak said to her, in verse 8 we read, If you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. For a moment, his faith wavered. He didn't realize that God was the mastermind behind this whole plan, not Deborah. Now, did Barak need Deborah to go and fight like a soldier with him? <laughs> I don't think so. But I think he believed that if Deborah was with him, going with him, the presence of God was going with them. After all, she was a woman of God, a prophetess. And so Deborah said, I will surely go with you. 
Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking. For the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Because Barak wavered in his faith, the recognition for this battle will go to someone else. At this point in time, we are thinking, okay, the recognition will go to Deborah. But you know what? It will go to someone else, another woman that God is going to use later on. Then Deborah arose, we read in verse 9, and went with Barak to Kadesh. He went up with 10,000 men under his command, and Deborah went up with him. Deborah's example of faith not only encouraged Barak to go, but also the 10,000 men that decided to join them because they could have refused. This is a crazy plan. And so Deborah had unwavering faith in God, and God was going to deliver them from their enemies. My second point this morning for you to remember, God calls people to step out in faith and to do impossible things. Amen. Do you agree with me? All right. You're so silent, but I know you are listening. I know you by now, okay? You are following the story. You don't want to miss anything. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. And so what happens next in our story? So we read in verse 12 that Sisera, the commander of the Canaanites, he hears that Barak went to Mount Tabor. And so he wants to get ready for the battle. Sisera was probably very confident that he would defeat Israel like he did for the past 20 years. And so in Judges 4.14, Deborah said to Barak, up. I like this. For this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into your hand. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. I like the way Deborah encouraged Barak to attempt the impossible. She said to him, up, has not the Lord gone out before you? Come on, Barak, you can do this. Amen. He's speaking to me too. I can do it. Alexandra, you can do this. Yes, speak to yourself. Say your own name. It's like, I can do it. I can do it. Deborah's faith is so inspiring. I like this woman already. Faith pleases the heart of God. He loves it when we trust in him. He just loves it. In Hebrews eleven six, 6, we read, without faith, it is impossible to please him. He just loves it when we can, we can trust him. So let's carry on with our story. I'm sure you want to know how this whole thing ends. Okay, the day of the battle arrives. Verse 15, And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera lighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. The commander, remember him? But Barak pursued the chariots in the army as far as Harosheth Hagoim. And all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. With only 10,000 men, Barak defeated Sisera's army. 
exactly like Deborah said. What God promises, he fulfills. Amen. He does it. But how did they manage? You know, I love details. I need to know the details. How did they manage to defeat all the chariots? Have you wondered about that with just 10,000 men? How did they do it? I like details. You know, my husband is a very patient man because when he tells me something, he's sharing with me something, he, said, he finishes and I'm like, this is not enough. <laughs> I need more details. Come on, when, where, how did that happen? What, how was the weather? You know, I need details. So Deborah, here we go, she gives us the, deti the details that I needed to know. How did they defeat, defeat the chariots? Deborah's song in chapter 5. Lord, when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the field of Edom, the earth trembled and the heavens poured. The clouds also poured water. The mountains gushed before the Lord. God sent rain. That's how they defeated the chariots. They got stuck in the mud. I needed to know this. Excellent. I love this story. Wow. So Sisera trusted in his chariots, but they were no match for God. Lots of rain. Psalm 20, verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We remember the Lord. Hallelujah. So the army of Sisera was completely defeated and Israel had a great victory over their enemies. But Sisera managed to uh, get away. I don't know how he did that and the story is not finished yet. So let's go back to chapter 4 verse 11. And we have again a little piece of information that I needed to know. It doesn't make sense why we have that verse there if you read the whole thing. But it says in verse 11, now Heber the Kenite of the children of Hobab had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the Terebinth tree, which is beside Kadesh. Who is this Heber the Kenite? And why do we have this in the middle of this story? This man, Heber, he separated from his people and he had this tent near the battlefield. That's where he went. He had some affiliation with Israel, you know, because he was, his family was still part of Moses' family, but he was not with them. And so Sisera finds the tent of this man Heber. And in the tent, there's Heber's wife. Okay, her name is Jael. And so Sisera, because they had a peace agreement, the Kenites, and uh, Sisera, King Jadbim. So he thought, I am safe. I found their tent here, so I'll hide here. And so in verse 24, we read that Jael went out to meet Sisera. And she says to him, turn aside, my Lord, turn aside to me, do not fear. And when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. What a nice lady. Very welcoming. Lovely. And then he said to her, shh, stand at the door of the tent. And if any man comes and inquires of you, is there any man here? You shall say, shh, 
now. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple. Sorry, it's a bit graphic. The nice lady is not nice anymore. And it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Watch out for this housewife. <laughs> oh my gosh. Some of you are thinking, where did I put my uh, tools? I have to go home and check. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, this story is super interesting. We could have a movie out of this. Very good. And so, in verse 22, as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said, so Jael now comes to Barak. He is a bit late, but he, she says to him, come and I'll show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera dead with the peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. So the recognition for this battle's victory went to this woman, Jael. A housewife who was not a soldier, but she knew how to use a hammer and a peg. <laughs> All you need. So Deborah wrote about Jael in her victory song. Most blessed among women is Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Blessed is she among women in tents. Hallelujah. Great team. Deborah, Barak, and Jael. Fantastic. Hallelujah. God fights our battles. That's my third point. He fights our battles. God used these three people in extraordinary ways to deliver Israel from evil and from oppression. You know, but he fights also our battles. He is for us. If he is for us, who can be against us? Amen. Has not the Lord have gone out before you? So even when our faith wavers like Barak's, God is still with us and he can still help us overcome our challenges. He does not give up on us. Hallelujah. In spite of his weakness, God still used Barak to defeat a huge army. And that's why his name is in the, in the Hall of Fame of, in Hebrews 11. His name is there, Barak, who is through faith. And then it says, out of weakness, him and many others, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the enemies of the aliens. That's the story of Barak. God still used him. So the Lord has already gone ahead of us to fight our battles. So don't you be discouraged because God has gone ahead of you. Hallelujah. Isaiah 52, for you shall not go out with haste, nor go by flight. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. What else do you need? Hallelujah. At the end of this ordeal, I love this little bit. I think it's super cute. Deborah and Barak sang a song of victory together. That's so nice. And so in Judges 4, we have their song. Beautiful song. Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord, but let those who love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know what? I have a question for you. Who is the real hero in this story? 
Is that Deborah? Is that Barack? Is that Jael? No. God is the real hero. God is the hero. God was Israel, deliverer, and hero at this point in time, but he's also our deliverer. Amen. Can you see God as the hero in your life? You see, the Canaanites represent evil and the powers of darkness. That's what they represent. The same way the people of Israel were under the bondage of the Canaanites, people in this world are under the bondage of the devil, like we read in 1 John 5.19. But Jesus, our hero, he came to deliver us. He came, he is the hero. He came to set at liberty the captives, hallelujah, to heal the brokenhearted, to find the lost people in this world. Hallelujah. Life can be hard at times. We all know that. And sometimes the devil attacks us, you know, but nothing is impossible with our God. That's what Jesus said. Nothing is impossible with our God. In all the things that we go through in this life, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Do you believe it? You have to believe it. And... One time, God told Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We need to rise up in our faith and believe more. Dare to believe like Deborah did. Dare to believe like she did. You see, maybe your faith is wavering a little bit right now, but let that not stop you from believing, believing and trusting God with your life, hallelujah. You know, when we go through, maybe you're going through something in your life right now and what you feel and what you see is like a huge army, like an army of 20,000 people coming against you. That's how you feel. Maybe that's you right now, but believe in Jesus. He fights your battles. Remember these four points. God can use anyone to accomplish his plans. God calls us to step out in faith and do the impossible and trust in him. And God fights our battles and God is our hero. Hallelujah. Let these words, you know, resonate in your soul. God is your hero. There's nothing that he cannot fix. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit here ministering to you right now. You know what? I have a word for you because as I was preparing for this morning, I heard the Holy Spirit say, up, up, up. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do with that? And you know what he said to me? There are times in your life where you have to say, up. You rise up on the inside and you say, no more. Like Deborah said, this is enough. Let me call Barack. Let's get this done. And so this morning, I don't know what you're going through, but this is your day to stand up and say, enough is enough. You rise up. You stand against the enemy. You stand against that oppression, that doubt, 
that sickness, that family problem, that job problem, that legal problem, whatever is hovering over your head, today is your day to say, up, I'm standing up and the devil will not push me down. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray. But before we pray all together, if you are brave enough, if it's you and you know you have to do that, just stand up right now. It doesn't matter what people do or, you know, what they think of you. You're, you're, you it, this is an action. You're putting in action your faith. Just rise up and stand up and say, God, it's between you and God. I don't care. It's between you and God. You stand up. And you see in the spirit you are saying, that's it, devil. I'm standing up. I'm rising up in God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to defeat this stuff in the name of Jesus. In the powerful name of Jesus. That addiction is defeated in my life. This cancer is defeated. Hallelujah. This strife is gone. This oppression, this depression, whatever is troubling you today. Hallelujah. You are standing up in faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The devil is not going to play with you anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes and say, God, I'm here. I'm standing up. I'm rising up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.